Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hi there, I'm so glad you're here. Today we've got a very special episode. I'm speaking to Aparna Venkatraman, and she's a great friend of mine because we are in the same group of parenting coaches. But I just want to introduce Aparna to you. And having had 15 years of experience connected with families in schools, children's hospitals, and nonprofit organizations, Aparna is the founder of Beauty in Parenting and is a parent coach, a meditation teacher, motivational speaker, and a global wellness advocate for doTERRA essential oils. With her approachable nature and strong intuition and problem-solving skills, she guides her parents to empower themselves and build healthier relationships with their children through joyful self-care, effective communication, confidence building, and light-hearted mindfulness techniques. And this is what we are going to be touching on today. Aparna, darling, welcome. It's so lovely to have you here. And thank you. Mm, Thank you so much, Kai, for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you. That's so cool. Well, listen, we were just speaking a minute ago. I was just sort of saying how important and how timely this podcast episode is for for me and many of my clients. And I probably yourself, your clients and across, you know, across the world, because we're going through sort of some very unsettling times, not just because we've sort of had coronavirus, but because also I think parent the parenting paradigm has sort of changed quite a lot, hasn't it? Sort of over the sort of recent years. And I think many parents are struggling to find their way forward, to find the joy and to find out what they really should be doing and and what the rules are. So what's your experience with all this? Yeah, I mean, in in what I'm seeing with families, I mean, things have even changed since four or five years ago Mm. when I was in hospitals and schools. I mean, there's just so much more, especially online, to be aware of, to gain information from. Uh, I feel like there's a growing list of things to do, um, of ways that our children can develop socially and emotionally. And I'm just seeing a lot of a need for parents to balance all of that out with ways to find joy, ways to feel joy, ways to feel really good, especially even teens. I was having a chat yesterday with a teen who's starting college and was needing help with uh, deciding her, you know, deciding her career path, getting to that point of what my, what her interests are. And I was sitting there basically being like, you know, I can't, I can't always make these decisions for people. I can't make decisions for parents on what is going to feel good to them, what feels good to them in their bodies and what lights them up every day, what's going to make them feel excited and get them up in the morning so that they can, and they can honor their needs and their desires, and feel that sense of connection to themselves too. So it's intuitively talking about and going through connecting back to ourselves and what we want and what we think is best for our families too. But I was speaking to a mum literally earlier on today, and she was sort of just chatting away, and she was just sort of saying how she'd lost connection with her son, and he's 14 years old, and he's struggling, Mm -hmm. and she's sort of struggling, let's be honest, to like him at the minute. Sure. And she was sort of, you know, she was chatting away and she sort of said, well, I, I, I'm trying to teach them right from wrong. I'm trying to sort of show them, you know, what what they should and shouldn't be doing. And she said, but I want to, my own life as well. And she said, and I feel really guilty doing that. And I thought, hang on mm. a minute, feeling guilty that as, as a mum, she just felt that she wasn't entitled to have joy. What's all that yeah. about? Yeah, no, it... I understand it. I understand it's a huge generational thing. It's a huge pattern of um, 
being the the mother, being the strong person, being the parent who has to take care of your crew, your tribe, mm. your um, your people, and having yourself come second or third like down the line, awesome. right? And you know, wanting obviously wanting what is best for your family, but knowing that at some point, you know, you don't want to wait until you're 50, 60, 70, right? You're till, till you're retired to find out what lights you up and what your passion is and what gives you that energy, right? You don't want to wait until those um, those times to understand yourself, understand yourself too. And so parents, especially parents of teenagers. Teenagers are going through a lot, especially right now with with COVID and with quarantine and things like that. And they're also needing to uh, to take that time for themselves, really truly, without guilt. And that's such a practice to to wean away from that guilt and that shame of you know, no, I don't deserve this. I always say that you can't draw from an empty well, and so that it's not selfish, it's actually a necessity for parents, and let's face it, especially mums, to put themselves back on their agenda and Mm -hmm. to not focus solely on themselves, but helping them understand that they are entitled to have fun, to find the joy, to however you want to label it, because actually that feeds right back into the family anyway, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, your children, your partner, your extended family members, friends, people pick up on how much, how at ease you are in life. My, the people closest to me can easily pick up on, even through online, they can pick up on my energy. If I'm drained, if I'm burnt out, if I'm not having fun, if I haven't been spending time filling up my cup, filling up my container, if I'm thinking, if I'm too in my head. Yeah. And there is so much, there's so much to think about. Why not? Find ways to make space and enjoy and enjoy everything in between, all the in-betweens. So if we are too in our heads, how mm-hmm. can you guide us to not be in that sort of headspace in that, I was going to say come out of our heads, but that sort of sounds like we could be tripping. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? How, how, do we, <laughs> how, how do we sort of release ourselves from all that chaos, from all that... Um, you know, must do's and should do's and can't do's. How, how how can we free us of that so that we can sort of live, let's face it, more joyfully, as you sort yeah. of say, you know, lightheartedly? Yeah, I I had this experience this morning. I had a lot in my head. I have a busy day ahead of me and I wanted to think about it. But then at some point I stopped myself and I noticed, you know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to focus got to get back into your body. I was uh, getting ready in my bathroom and just kind of stamping my feet around, not too, not like a toddler, (laughs) not too noisy for my family that they're like, what are you doing? But you can have a dance party in your bathroom if you'd like to, but um, just getting back into my body, going for a walk, um, you know, having a dance party, you know, closing your eyes and connecting to your heart. I, one of the easiest things for me to do sometimes is to, if, I, um, if I'm surrounded by a lot of people, put my headphones in, turn on some quiet music that's, that I know, that my brain knows, and that is instantly comforting to me. Um, if you're a parent who has to, you know, you are spending the day with your, your family, you can't get that alone time, do something, you know, I specialize in sensory activities and sensory self-care for family. Do something that's creative. Cook with your family. I make a point to cook with my family sometime between Fridays through Sundays, especially when we're not working. Cooking a new meal with them. Something where we are using our hands. We're using our hands. We're uh, mixing things. And we're creating something that's big and beautiful I just saw walking by a dad pushing a stroller, pushing his baby in a stroller down the street. Just something where you are connecting and you're creating something bigger than yourself. And so it's, it's really beautiful to do that. And I know, Kai, you and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where that sense of if you're really not having a great day, if you can't think of something, giving back, yeah. volunteering will help you, oh my God, to be in a new environment and to really get out of your head, really get out of your to-do list because you are focused 
on something that is greater than yourself and you are serving and helping others, you know, hopefully other people are around, but that could be right now that could be helping a neighbor with something that could be helping a friend, um, you know, mow the lawn, you know, writing out thank you letters for people, which we don't take the time to do, which I probably need to do later on this week. And I will put that in my phone to write a thank you letter to somebody, give, you know, give something to somebody just volunteering at an animal shelter, volunteering um, to help out a local restaurant or some, someplace where you feel safe and comfortable doing that. As I know, we don't have the wide variety of experiences that we, we did before COVID, but just giving back, I think, is, is something I did so much in my teens in nonprofit organizations here, like the United Way, where I was giving back to families in need helping to give back to families in need who didn't have food or clothing or shelter, um, who needed those resources, who um, or helping children, helping to clean up litter in my community as a high school student, helping a local animal shelter on the weekends at our local pet store, um, volunteering in a children's hospital, which is a, a very big endeavor, but really beautiful to be able to do that. Um, and help families in those ways. So I urge you to seek out a way that you can give back. There's always some way that you can give back, whether that's even just texting a friend um, and being really loving, saying some loving things that we don't always get to say. It is that old, you know, because I, I sort of remember, you know, whenever we have that sort of random act of kindness day, it's yeah. a sort of, you know, go out and do something, even if it's a smile. Yeah, it's one, it's once much. a year, once yeah, a year. It is. But yeah. We should be, we should do, be doing this as a, a normal practice. We should yeah. be doing this that is um, not, not just to make ourselves feel better. Um, you know, but, but that, that, that's sort of a benefit, but, but it is, it's, it's a matter of, as you say, realizing that there's something bigger than just ourselves, but then yeah, teaching, the same- teaching your child that teaching your, and I will say really quickly, teaching your child that as my parents taught me to do some, you know, some summers as a teen, when I was going through a lot and, um, took some time away from my own extracurricular activities of piano and dance and art that were becoming stressful to me, finding a new way to put myself out there and have something to get up um, and do on maybe like a a weekly basis in the summer times, especially I was still enjoying my summers, but having something to do on those days where, uh, you know, where maybe I was bored, maybe I didn't have anything to do, you know, Um, I wasn't in college yet. So that was just a really nice new experience of me being social at a time where I was really stressed out about school and about extracurricular activities and about the future, being a, a freshman, sophomore in high school. So um, that's something I would say to the parents out there who I know I talk to, but anyone out there who is having a teen who, or yourself who is feeling stuck and just needs, needs really that new experience of human connection. Yeah. Yes, totally. But, but- and you're quite right. That that for me is a fantastic way of opening up, you know, sort of for someone who is feeling stuck, someone who's not sure what they're doing, where they're heading, what they're, you know, even what they want. I mean, I yeah. I, I went and did um, volunteering for a, a charity here called Childline, which was sort of manning phones and doing online chat yeah. to kids, you know, yeah. and 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 that's actually what brought me into sort of parent coaching and, and mm. teen coaching, and you know, in the first place. But what do we say to people who may be a parent or, or a teen who's listening who go, do you know what? I just don't even have the energy. I, I am running on empty here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, can't, um, I, I can't give any more. My batteries are low. Yeah, so yeah. How, how do we help people who just, I, I can't even, I'm, I, it's a bonus if I get out of bed in the morning. Sure. You know, many teenagers I speak to have anxiety and they go, oh my word, you're talking about volunteering? No way. You know, I'm yeah. really struggling in my room here. So yep. what do we say to people about that? About that? Yeah, I, I think that that's totally normal. I mean, I, I myself am quite an introverted person too. I have days and moments where I, um, I really just need to rest and listen to my body and, and be within my, myself and stay at home. And going out, you know, going out for the day is not something that I want to do. And so I totally understand that. I would say um, 
really, as I do as a meditation and breathwork teacher, helping, helping you to connect back to your body, what your body needs to recharge and working, working through your anxious feelings, your anxiety, your low moments, and taking that time to maybe, uh, you know, do some gratitude journaling. Do some excitement journaling. Is a, excitement journaling is a huge thing I started doing six months ago um, at a time where I was feeling stuck in my business. And so every week now I write down literally because it's so fun to have up on my mirror over there um, my weekly things to do, but they're all things that excite me. They're all things I'm looking forward to doing. And so and it doesn't have to be work. It could be chatting with a friend. It could be going, grabbing some pizza at the end of the week. Just things that keep me focused on what's to come that is exciting me on those days where I feel so, uh, I feel like I am suffocating in my emotions and in my sadness and in my lack of connection to myself and in my lack of belonging. Belonging. Okay. And to know that there are some weeks where I have a huge list for this week, but there are some weeks where I just have maybe like three things on there or one thing, right? But finding those, finding that's why gratitude is there. Finding those little things that can seem so um, minor to everyone, but just those little things that light you up that you're yeah. grateful for, right? Is it, is it your, um, is it the cleanliness of your room? Is it a favorite blanket? Is it a food that you love making every day because it fills you up and it, it tastes great? Is it, um, is it like the decor in your bathroom? Is it having a nice soak in the bathtub, getting to do that, getting to experiment with oils and salts and things like that too, putting on music, music that you love that has helped you to, um, get you motivated or help you to relax and find that time to relax too. I spent a lot of time in my teen years listening to a lot of different types of music. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned the piano and, and things like that too, which helped me to become actually a really great singer, which not a lot of people know, but um, I listened to a lot of music and that's, that, that's what resonated for me during those times of stress and helped to, keep me going and to know that, Hey, someone else is feeling a similar way too. And granted, you know, you, you, you'll have those days where you don't want to talk to people about how you're feeling. You don't think that it, it you know, it'll resonate with them or that you feel like a, a burden, you know, talking to yourself, um, say, you know, uplifting yourself with, with lovely positive things. And oftentimes what we need to hear the most is that we're doing the best that we can. Yeah. We're absolutely, absolutely doing the best that we can in this moment, in this day. And, and I think that's the thing. And what you also touched on is the fact that even though you might be feeling very insular, maybe might be choosing to isolate yourself, to actually realize that there are so many other people that are in actual fact feeling the same as you. Now, yes. some might be, you know, and, and some paint a sort of mask on and sort of, you know, and, and pretend that everything's fine. But deep down, and, and this is sort of beginning to sort of sound quite miserable by me, but, you know, deep down, we all have our the same sort of fears and worries and hopes and dreams. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's all right to acknowledge all of that. It's all right mm -hmm. to sort of um, realize that what we're feeling isn't right or wrong, isn't good or bad. Yeah. It's just how it is right now. And I think, as you say, sitting with that and being kind to ourselves is really important. Yeah, that's the human experience. Our sensitivities, our emotions are a huge gift. They really, really are a huge gift. They may feel that anger, that frustration, that sadness may feel not great, not great yeah. to process it. But while when we release it, when we express it, does it feel good to get it off of our chest? Yeah. Does it feel really, really good? And I, um, yeah, I just, I, I had something I was going to say, but I really, really love what you said. Yeah. Tell me that, because you've mentioned it a couple of times when you sort of said, get back into your body. And sort of, mm -hmm. you know, sort of getting, yeah. I guess, getting out of your head. Now, that sort of is a phrase that I've heard of a lot, and that's absolutely fine. But there are people out there who won't understand what it means. 
there are folk out there, and 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 to, to me, to an extent, until I sort of started understanding it and digging it, because you know, when I was working in schools, there are kids who um, are really, for all intents and purposes, numb from about the neck down. They 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 yeah. don't know to feel their body. They don't know to watch for the signs. They they're just numb. And yeah. you know, you sort of say to them, "Well, take a deep breath," and they sort of. <sighs> And it was no, 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 right, okay. And they don't understand that there's belly breaths, but they, but the very fact of talking about getting into your body, can you elaborate on that to someone that 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 phrase just sounds alien? What on earth does that mean? Yeah, getting into your body—that's just really. Um, it, it's not about really getting out of your mind or even really quieting your mind. It's it's really about um, just observing your thoughts, observing your thoughts. So many um, meditation teachers as well love the, uh, the metaphor of seeing your, thinking of your thoughts, um, being aware of them as kind of a cloud, mm-hmm. a cloud, something that just passes by and you're not attaching to it um, and internalizing it too. And so I, I always think of the Buddha when I think about attachment and how we as humans are so um, used to getting attached to thoughts and to things externally and letting those things become bigger and bigger and bigger when that, and, and, and that becomes us. That's who we identify as is uh, a lot of our stress. And so getting into our bodies is really um, is really about, yeah, becoming aware of our sensations, becoming aware, more mindful of how deeply we are breathing. That is something as, you know, as a breathwork teacher, I help people on how deeply they are breathing. I do this with my mom very regularly because she tries, she tries to breathe deeply after I've, I've um, worked with her on very simple exercises of, you know, placing a hand on the heart and on the belly and inhaling for four seconds through the nose and exhaling through the mouth um, to help calm the nervous system. And it's still, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't it come as naturally just because we get so used to breathing from our shallow leaf from our chest up instead of down through our belly. And taking that time to, and also there are times where I, I forget to like, you know, breathe through the nose and breathe out through the mouth and I do it backwards or whatever. But um, and there are days where it's really not easy for me to take those deep belly breaths too. And it could be that happened to me the other day and it could be because of digestion. It could be because um, I didn't sleep well. You know, I slept in a strange position or didn't breathe well at night. It could be because I'm congested or something like that, you know, it could be a lot of different things, or maybe there's, you know, an emotion that's coming up that I need to process, but breath work and meditation are beautiful because they, they help to increase our lung capacity. And what's the benefit of that? The benefit of increasing our lung capacity, we are, yeah, we're breathing deeply. We're uh, richening our blood. We're removing stuck air from our lungs the same way after we've had a long meal, we, we burp. We burp and we let out stuck air. We are, um, you know, our lungs are are the huge center of where we store our emotions. Right. Okay. Right. And so, um, especially for with COVID right now, I'm doing a lot of meditation with others because that's um, an area with, you know, respiratory wise that can become um, infected. And so we're just working on practicing breathing, especially when we're wearing masks right? We're wearing, we're, we're all wearing masks or something to cover ourselves. And we're automatically, um, you know, triggering that fight or flight response. Uh, when we, you know, are not tapped into our parasympathetic nervous system that is more calming. And so it's, yeah, it's about, it it, it feels really strange, but it's, uh, at first, but it's just, it's a way of, just being more mindful of our body, whether that's our body position, whether that's how deeply we're breathing, um, whether that's doing something. You know, I, I teach a lot of, I've taught a lot of um, teens and university students about um, confidence, body confidence, and nonverbal communication and going out to the real world 
And I've done webinars on it before too, and, and talks with students here at West Virginia University about um, just feeling confident in your body, feeling at ease in your body, especially if you're going to give a talk or you're going to go to a new event or you have an exam that's, you know, that's bringing you a lot of anxiety, just having that sense of, of um, you know, relaxing the parts of the body, taking that time to relax right before something that is um, automatically maybe going to tense you up too. So for me, I know when I'm angry, honestly, I will automatically clench up my fists. Mm-hmm. I will clench up my fists in anger. And that's probably something I did throughout my teens. And so just actually being mindful of that and relaxing and letting go. So, so I, you, yeah. Do you use breath work to help you with that? Or is it is that just another sort of technique of, you know, seeing where the stresses are in your body and sort of, you know, feeling those tensions and then, you know, sort of I probably breathing to, to release it. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I for myself will use breath work when I'm angry and frustrated and need to um, take longer inhales and really long exhales, really long exhales and I need to pause. I will use meditation and uh, body scanning more when I just really want to relax. I re- that's how I, as a meditation teacher, do that. I have a lot of... Um, over-the-phone meditation sessions where they come to me and they just want to lay down and they really just want to tap into a place in their body that just needs some sense of deep relaxation that, uh, you know, sometimes with the chakras, that is um, those, those energy centers in the body that are really um, being overstimulated or, or um, uh, need some balancing out in their lives. But with breath work, I use very short lighthearted, more fun, um, you know, practical techniques with parents because we, you know, we need those, we need those quick things right before we want to react in a big way, right before we want to um, give a middle finger to somebody while we're driving, right before we want to, you know, um, I wanted to say, I wanted to say curse word there, but right before we want to um, yell at somebody who hasn't put the dishes away properly or something or just isn't doing the right thing. Those are our, those are our, those are our signals where, and those are our triggers and pokes where we need to pause and take a step back. So you would use breath work in, in that sort of state of pause is sort of yeah. before it happens. And then, yep. so, so what, what, what would be a sort of go to breath work exercise that you would share with your parents? Uh, so for, for something like anger and frustration, it's, um, we can do, you know, we can do the easily. I love placing the hand on the heart because it's not something that is normal for people to do. Um, and it seems strange, but you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter. It's placing a hand on the heart, um, and feeling your heartbeat. The other week, um, my mom was having a panic attack about something and, really just really needed to place a hand on the heart and connect back to herself in a loving way. Um, You know, and I'll recommend different things to other people, but just placing a hand on the heart, placing a hand on the belly, if you're working through um, how deeply you're breathing and just, just letting yourself gently inhale and expand the belly and then exhale for four seconds. And so if you're working through anger, we work on, releasing the jawline, softening the forehead, um, closing the eyes if it feels comfortable to you when you're not driving or anywhere else. And when you focus on your breath and the shape of your belly and the feeling of your heartbeat, then you automatically start to it becomes pretty difficult to think about other things. And so with anger and frustration, you know, really massaging and relaxing the jawline, you know, with your palms, just massaging down your jawline before you want to react. And inhaling for four seconds through the nose. Two, three, four. And then exhaling for up to seven seconds through the mouth. Two, 
three, four, five, six, and seven. And it almost feels like you are deflating a balloon, you are whistling, making that whistling shape of your mouth. Um, blowing on a dandelion is something I love to have younger children imagine um, blowing a bubble. That's why, that's why, and feel free to open your eyes if you're doing that exercise, but that's why blowing bubbles um, is really a beautiful sensory activity for anyone to do of all ages because it, it, it is fun. It's something, you know, most of us were used to doing as children, but it, um, it's really relaxing to the body to continually do that kind of thing, to continually do that. And so um, just doing that orally, I think is really self-soothing, more, you know, very satisfying. And it's actually really great to do that um, on those days where I'm emotionally eating, when you're emotionally eating and you want to put a lot of things in your mouth, but um, instead maybe you, you just need to relax your body in a different way too and pull yourself up in that way. So it sort of calms down that that um, initial fight or flight, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can see even after a minute of doing that, I'm not even, um, you know, I'm not even really concerned as much anymore about the thing that was bothering me. Yes. Right. Yeah. It does, it's, because it's, it, because it's just it's kind of it becomes like a whole body a whole body experience. It's, and it's just right? pressing pause, isn't it? Really. Yeah. 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 So what what sort of advice because anxiety I don't know about you but but over here um the many many of the kids I speak to are maybe not with the anger and the frustration but with anxiety itself it's a big label um but how do you how would you support people who are struggling with with anxieties or is it just the same is it just the same but different it, it is just the same but different. I know um, the other day I was having a really emotional day and, and really needed to um, get back to, um, to focusing, to focusing too. Anxiety is one of those things, you know, I, I grew up as a child with a lot of anxiety and depression, um, with being a very premature baby. And I, at the time, didn't know I was also a really highly sensitive child. Um, and so I was taking on a lot from my childhood that was very filled of living in a home with parents who were very loud and reactive um, and very uh, authoritative. And um, so I was pretty emotional and I was also reacting a lot to my older brother too, who was going through his own things as well with my parents. And so I, um, I felt a lot of that deep anxiety and I felt a lot of that um, that not belonging, that not connection, you know, That's that it. lack of connection yeah. to myself. When I'm feeling really anxious, you know, one of the things I'll say is that when I learned how to drive when I was 15 or 16, I remember um, I had a really huge panic attack at that time. And I had a driving instructor um, that I think wasn't a very uh, compassionate, nurturing, understanding person. Um, and granted, it was part of our high school class too. And so that we were, we were, um, low on time. And I ended up finding a driving instructor later on down the road who was really um, allowed a lot of space and allowed a lot of time. And there wasn't that, that time pressure, right? This is in the summer um, of the school year to get it done. And it ended up being really nice. And it, it actually, I, I learned how to drive very quickly because of that um, and because I felt comfortable. And so I myself would have to meditate before. Um, before a driving class, before an exam, before learning how to parallel park and do that with my own family too. And one thing I love to do in terms of focus and, and finding that sense of focus, now this is helpful if you're feeling really anxious and, but really have to focus on something, whatever's going on in your day, um, taking your hands and cupping them over your mouth and nose. And you can use an essential oil, um, such as something grounding like frankincense, tree oil, uh, vetiver, root, B-E-T-I-V-E-R, um, Douglas fir, anything that 
feeling grounding to you because even like florals can be very grounding to some people rose so just rubbing a little bit in your palms of your hands and then just taking a nice slow inhale of that cupping over the hands and then exhaling and feeling the heat of your breath is really relaxing i find that closing the eyes um, is most is is probably the most nourishing loving way to to help find that focus too i work with a lot of families who have adhd mm -hmm. um, or special needs either it's the parents or the parents and the children and um it can be a really huge struggle to just get through your day just get through your day with with you know needing that sense of focus with feeling anxiety about so many things and i will say it's normal to feel it's normal to feel anxious i don't really like to use the word normal about anything but because everything is just there but it's it's natural to feel anxious to have anxious feelings come up um and if, if things feel too much, honestly, if things feel too much for you, then that's a signal to um, let something go. Just release and let something go. If the world feels too heavy, you know, how can you, um, how can you sink back into yourself? You're so right because um, a lot of people I speak to sort of, come to me and sort of say you need to help my child get rid of their anxiety you know or I need to get rid of my anxiety and the whole point is is anxiety is there to serve us it's just yeah. got its knickers in a twist it's just our brain that's sort of mm -hmm. you know just, just overreacting a tiny bit but anxiety is there to you know stop us from maybe sort of walking in front of a bus for argument's sake or it's yeah. it's there to to show us that hang on a minute you know we need to be mindful of what is happening or what is about to happen could be a presentation it could be you know whatever show and tell at school yeah it's, it's yeah. telling us you need to pay a little bit more attention here so we don't really want to get rid of anxiety we right. want we, but the point is is that we don't want it to manage us either yeah so, yeah, and so it, it can be a lot of uh, a lot of overthinking will create anxiety. A lot of being triggered by something um, externally can create that anxiety. I love to one of the things I love to do if I'm if I'm overthinking in my head in the mornings in the shower, I'll start singing. Singing is lovely. I have a kind of guy's gonna find out soon. I have a lovely singing voice. <laughs> She'll find out pretty soon. I will. I'll just start singing. Um, on lives on Facebook, but I will start singing. I will start singing and focusing on that, and then eventually sing, sing something that I love that lifts me up and makes me happy. Um, expressing that, so that's why with parents, I especially work on how are they expressing themselves. Coming from somebody who had such a suppressed throat chakra, who had a such who was so suppressed in their speech growing up. Um, and being so in my head and being very aware of my own body's stress. How am I um, expressing myself? Am I doing art? Am I writing things? Am I creating? So usually that's when cr the creation of something really helps, whether that's creating a physical thing, whether that's um, creating a voice, creating a sound, talking to somebody, and again, you know, we, we did talk earlier about what if I um, am feeling like I don't want to talk to anybody that day? What if I'm a pretty introverted person? That's where it's, it's for you to, um, to take a look at the things that you're doing in your day that, that you like to do, that you actually like to do that someone is not telling you to do. And going from there, fleshing that out into something that can be beautiful and be, can be creative. I've seen work with so many teens they have a business idea they have a way they want to give back they want to do a lemonade stand they want to do this they want to do that and so many times parents um sometimes parents want to suppress all of that it doesn't make sense but sometimes those things that don't make sense are th those big genius light bulb things that are, are you needing to express your passion out yeah. there right and sometimes people won't see that and it doesn't really matter because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. I'm because our throat chakra and our 
um, our sacral chakra, the our area of creativity and relationships, that energy center in the body. Um, our sacral chakra is our womb, womb area. Those are very hi highly connected. So if we're storing a lot of emotions in that area, um, the lower abdomen, a lot of times we're also constricted in our throat area, in our expression too. And so that's just something that I, um, you know, I, I, I was taught and I was trained and it, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me the ways that we suppress our emotions um, and the ways that we can find that sense of release. So releasing that is doing the creativity that yes. creates joy for you, regardless yeah. of whether or not. Yeah, it's that sense of relationship building. And that can be being social. That can be building a something, creating a project, doing something long term or short term. That's why. That's why, you know, weekends are so fun to people because it's that free time to play and explore. And so when I'm, you know, when I'm working with families, when we're in sessions, we're working on, hey, how can I take those things that I'm saving until the weekends? How can I actually incorporate them into my day in some way? Um, so, I, so that life doesn't have to be about retirement or the weekends yeah. or, those little, or those big trips to wherever or to the spa or something like that too. We can have those feel, we can have those feel good moments literally in our days. And there's a wide variety of things out there for teenagers, especially, um, especially in the, in the online world that, you know, that, you know, with Facebook groups, with meeting people that become healthy. And, you know, obviously I urge parents to, you know, I urge a balance of screen time. I urge screen time in moderation on days when you're not feeling great. Social media in moderation um, on days when you're feeling like you're comparing yourself to others. That's why you're spending time with yourself, first and foremost. Because for for teenagers or kids, um, you know, it's not just teenagers. There is that that yeah. sort of need and that draw that when things are going badly, let's just block it all out. Let's just go on to the Xbox. And yeah, let's let's numb ourselves and and um, yeah. go onto social media and post and and um, or just you know scroll or seek that sense of validation and connection through there too. It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us to use social media, screen time, TV time in that way. Um, but we will, you know, when we, when we tune back into ourselves, we'll intuitively know, Hey, this is too much. I'm spending too much time or my brain will just burn out. Yeah. And I won't be able to sleep or I'll be yeah. thinking about things. I don't, you know, that aren't healthy for me to think about. Okay, so that that's a really brilliant segue because you mentioned sleep. I, I'm really picking your brains here. It's okay, but, um, but <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> what 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 about for people who, for an overactive mind or or whatever it is, for whatever reason, are struggling to sleep um, or can't get to sleep or wake up in the middle of the night or whatever? Because I know breath work and meditation, people sort of, you know, there's so much sort of um, hinging on all that to bring the sort of, you know, the, the, the real, the solution to sort of a yeah. bad sleep. But how, how can we, you know, what, what, so how, how can you sort of point someone in the direction of, you know, try this if indeed you aren't sleeping or you can't sleep? Okay, well, I have, a, I have a couple of different things. Um, this happens a lot with my parents and some of my more elderly clients too, where they're having the sleep pattern. This probably happens to like pretty much anyone. They're having the sleep pattern of um, going to bed, you know, getting to bed, sleeping for a couple of hours, waking up in the middle of the night, and then that's it. Like it's, it's, it's it. going them off track, right? Um, how, first and foremost, how I've learned to have, I had, you know, the past few years of being an entrepreneur, especially, um, were really stressful for me in some ways. And I had a horrible sleep pattern. I would jump on essential oil calls with my community being like, I want to create a new sleep blend. I just haven't slept, you know, and it was just like, I was so in my head, um, trying to find things that worked, but it wasn't until I got deeply into relaxing my body before bed. First of all, taking your to-do list and checking it twice and um, making a note of it so that you know you don't have to, that's not like a big thing you have to look at first thing in the morning is figuring out your day, right? Setting out your clothes, you know, putting your, I, for me, I have to like have dishes put away so I'm not spending my morning doing that, cleaning things. Um, the things that are like your big stressors, like checking your inbox 
trying to find a little bit of time the evening before could be while you're, you know, having dinner or, or, you know, whatnot, whatever you need to do. Um, so if that, cause if you're using your phone already, that's a productive thing to do is to write down in your notes a, a to do your to-do list or making sure, Hey, this is something I have to do. Okay. And actually one of the most beautiful things for focus that I've learned is if I have a week where like this week where I'm having many, many things happen, I'm instead of getting focused on, okay, I have 17 things happening, happening this week, which I know, but I have 17 things happening this week. That's a lot. I actually count up how many hours it's going to take in the week compared to how much time I have in my actual week and breaking that down into how much time I'm spending in my day. And that actually just makes it feel much better too. So breaking things up in your mind um, and seeing that bigger picture is beautiful. Obviously, you could do a nice body scan, turning off your um, screens, having a more dimmer light to putting your phone screen down, face down while you are working is a great um, thing. So you're not actually seeing reminders and things that mm -hmm. pop up too. turning, you know, putting things on silent or vibrate. Um, using essential oils that are relaxing. I love to at night. I'm somebody, I don't have a diffuser, but you, you can, if you want to, I love to massage oils into okay. my body, cupping the back of my neck, and uh, also the forehead, doing that at the same time is a really nourishing, nurturing thing. So you're taking your dominant hand and cupping the back of your neck, the nape of your neck, just holding it, securing it lovingly. And then placing the other palm on your forehead is a really nice, like calming, calming technique for your nervous system too. And so well, you that, can use... I, I'm doing that. And that's sort of, that just... It's, it's, it's a, it like, like when you look at it, it's like, oh, do you have a fever, Kai? But you don't have a fever, right? It's more of like, it's, a, it's more of like a, yeah. Stabilizing. It, yeah, it, it's very stabilizing. Yeah. It's very supportive. Gosh, throw, throw essential oils into the mix. That'd be good. Throw essential oils into the mix. If I, I see, I can't use lavender in the daytime because it's a sleep oil for me. A lot of people are like, you know, I'll go to yoga and I'll be laying in Shavasana and corpse pose at the end. And, um, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm not using too much. So that's why with essential oils, we play around with what people like. Some people don't like lavender. So we use magnolia oil or tree oil or something that is for their body chemistry, really relaxing yeah. too. Um, a lot of times it's just rubbing the hands together, warming up the hands, placing it on an area of the body that is going to feel good because we like to... Um, feel that warm sensation to relax us, to relax our muscles when we need it. But actually what we need, especially in the summertime right now, is we need a cooler temperature at night to sleep in. So that can be using less sheets, um, sleeping with less clothes on, just making that adjustment that I think a lot of people don't really recognize mm -hmm. to make in our, um, in our bedrooms too. Making sure our bedrooms are... Um, it feels comfortable. It feels, it feels nice and relaxing to us too. Um, and having a clean environment, which I, um, which I have a million things in my room right now, but making sure like I, you know, I have a clean, clean environment so that even in my workspace, so that subconsciously, um, we we're not surrounded by too much things that yeah. feel like they're too much in our lives too. So taking that time, that can be a nice project to do is taking a little bit of time each week, to um, clean up a space or get something, a new storage unit or something like that too. So I think what it is at night with sleep, it is about anxiety, but I think it's about feeling like there's too much going on. And so yeah. those are just some practical ways to feel like there's to, to, you know, to feel like there's less you have to do. That, and it just goes back to what you were saying earlier is when you feel that there is too much. Yeah. And that's just a signal to maybe just let things go a bit, just, yeah. you know, lower expectations and, and not have so many plates spinning. And, and especially for sleep is to, as you sort of said, is to just set the bar for tomorrow. And that mm -hmm. might be clearing your to-do list. That might be sort of, you know, preparing stuff so that your mind's not wearing. Yeah, it could be a gratitude, a nice little gratitude list that's really yeah. loving and sweet for you at the end of the day. It doesn't have to be an, ex I don't really recommend an excitement list right before <laughs> bed. That's really, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's one where I know I'm going to be like hopping up and down the mornings. Um, but 
a nice little gratitude list sitting there with your child and talking about that's why dinner time is great but sitting there with your child talking about at bedtime um even one thing that went well in the day one great thing you know saying things to one another like you you know you did a great job today i'm proud of you today um saying that to yourself just just being really loving with yourself too yeah. is i think just one of the most beautiful things and we don't do enough of it, do we? No, no, no. My darling, thank you so much. I, what I do know is that you are offering the listeners um, a free PDF. What is it, Calm and Clarity Guide? Yeah, my Calm and Clarity Guide. I love it. It's um, it has four four of some of these breathwork techniques that we've talked about, and also essential different essential oil pairings and recommendations for them, and then a couple of um, a couple of nice little phrases and communication exercises too to help you oh find that God. sense of calm and that sense of clarity to connect back to your body and this is something you, i've made it a one-page pdf so you can print it out put it on your fridge your mirror anywhere where you just want to just have that and practice that too I just it's have really that fun. as a gentle reminder that yeah. actually we're doing all right aren't we yeah 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 my Apana, thank you so much, my love. Huge. I, I'm actually I'm sitting here feeling really guys <laughs> so calm. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. So um I know for you it's the start of your day, but yeah. for me it's coming to the end of my day. Yeah. So I'm just winding down nicely. So thank you for that. But, no, you're so welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is beautiful. I always love talking to you guys. This is it's so lovely. I hope that your listeners really take away. I know we touched on it so many things, but I really hope that they take away at least one thing that's really helpful we, to them. We did. Well, yeah. they can always sort of press replay and start all over yeah. again. Yeah. Because yeah. It's an episode packed with stuff. Um, yes. I appreciate that. So thank you so yes. much, my love. And You're welcome. We'll speak to you soon. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.